1: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. I drive,
2: center field, hit the wall, grand slam. This is magnificent. Got a fantasy
1: question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, Chris, and Adam. Well,
0: I hope you didn't have Austin Gomber in your lineup on Monday. Yikes. Welcome into Fantasy Baseball Today. Frank Sample joined by Scott White and Chris Towers. The final line for the Gomber. 1.2 innings pitch, 7 hits, 9 earned, 4 walks, 3 strikeouts. Yuck. Don't do it. Do not trust what? those Rockies pitchers. Unless their name is, of course, John Gray or Juman Marquez like we spoke about yesterday. I, I, Gomber, not
2: so much. What's up, Chris? Where did the Gomber like optimism come from? I think had, like, it wasn't, it was like, it was like a thing on fantasy baseball Twitter recently. And like, I don't get it at all. I think he had two quality starts in a row. Was it just, yeah, two but he's got f- three.
3: Yeah, it was, it yeah, was, dumb. but like, it was dumb. Like, he's, he's obviously too many walks, not enough whiffs. Oh, like was, was going to yeah. catch up to him eventually? And it caught up to him.
2: Three quality starts. You were right, Scott. Yeah. Oh, well. Against the Dodgers and Astros. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That was enough to buy in, but not really. Let's uh let's recap the rest of Monday's action.
2: Oh my good, goodness gracious.
0: Chris, why don't you get us started here? Oh my goodness gracious, for Monday.
2: Yeah, let's talk about Cedric Mullins, who uh went 3 for 4 with a couple of solo home runs against your beloved New York Yankees. Boo. And he has like a 9 60 OPS right now. It's, you know, inflated by the fact that he went three for five on Sunday and then, you know, had three more hits and two home runs Monday. But I think there's something here. He has, um, and we've talked about it a little bit this season, but he's ditched the, the whole switch hitting thing. Cause he was basically pitcher bad against left-handed pitchers or yeah, left-handed pitchers from the right side. And I think he's got a pretty interesting skill set now. Um, You know, XBA is in the seven sixty second percentile. He's walking at an above-average rate. He's pretty fast. You know, he was someone who stole 25 to 30 bases pretty regularly in the minors. So, you know, I look at Mullins, and he's 62% rostered on CBSSports.com leagues. I'm not sure he necessarily needs to be rostered in most three-outfielder points leagues, but I think... All categories leagues, I would consider Cedric Mullins uh someone who probably needs to be rostered because I think he could hit like 280 and steal 20 to 25 bases and not be a zero in power. Yeah. So um yeah, I think there's something there. Yeah, he's got a little pop, obviously plays
0: in Camden yards. And I do think even in three outfielder leagues. There are weeks where you can stream him. I think this might have been one because they had seven games. I think at least half of them were at home. So weeks like that, I mean, you're going to be able to stream Cedric Mullins even in shallower leagues, but definitely in any five outfielder leagues. And today on the podcast, by the way, should have mentioned this, we're going to play a little Would You Rather? We'll pin a few players up against each other. Um, And one of those that I had scheduled was Cedric Mullins or Akil Badu. Would you rather hold on to Akil Badu? Or if Cedric Mullins were available, would you make that swap? Akeel Badu, over his last eight games, he's four for 27. He has 25 strikeouts on the season to just two walks. Still hitting the ball pretty hard, has a great line drive rate, 32%. uh, But it doesn't look like he's playing against left-handed pitching either. So, Scott, I'll throw this one your way. Would you rather have Cedric Mullins or Akeel Badu
3: well, it probably depends on whether you have to start Mullen. them or not. I, I consider Mullen's upside to be kind of like an in his prime Brett Gardner. I guess you would have had to play fantasy for five years or so to remember an in his prime Brett Gardner, but I mean, he's a useful player. Uh, the thing like I'd be I'd still be pretty thrilled with Badu if he wasn't striking out so darn much. Like that's basically the first thing I look for in the box score with him is how many times has he struck out? did he strike mm-hmm. out today? And it, uh, last it's ten, a lot. nine out of his last 10 games, he has multiple strikeouts, multiple. And that's not what he was doing in spring training. That's not what he was known for in the minor. Like plate discipline was kind of the only thing he did well in the minors. Um, the little bit we saw from there. So it's, I don't know what to make of that, but it's, it's obviously not a good sign. And if it continues, then it's, it's going to be hard for him to make an impact in fantasy in the long run. So, you know, if you're talking yeah, about just was, a bench play, stashing for upside, I say Badu, but if you're talking about I need to start him right now, then Mullins.
2: What do you think, Chris? that was the the thing with Badu early on, was he was showing Major League Caliber skills. You know, the the sprint speed, the ag- exit velocity, the mag- max exit velo, all that stuff, pointed to, you know, MLB caliber skills. I was worried about the whether the approach would hold up, and clearly it has not. So... Uh, Yeah, I would rather have Mullins.
0: Yeah, I I would go with Mullins there as well. Scott, your oh-my-goodness-gracious player from Monday.
3: So I'm going with another guy who homered twice, Reese Hoskins. And uh, he's up to five home runs in his last four days. I believe his eight home runs are leading the majors, right? That is correct. Yeah, so off to a nice start. But here's the weird thing about Hoskins is to the point now where when I look at him, his line for the day in the box score, I want to see a walk more than I see a home run now because like, that's definitely supposed to be his thing. Two years ago, he had 116 walks and reaching base at a 380 clip is has kind of been the standard for Hoskins since he reached the majors. He's walked this year uh, only four times. Four times compared to 31 strikeouts. So the strikeout rate is way up. The walk rate is way, way down. A home runs are great, but it's going to be difficult for him to sustain that kind of pace in in, in that category. It's, it, you know, he's going to have stretches where he's not homering a ton. He is hitting the ball harder and, and he is not selling out for fly balls quite as much in the past. So there's a chance, if that's a permanent change to his profile, that he's not, you know, automatically a 230, 240 type hitter. But the strikeouts have to come down one way or another. So it's, there's some good there for Hoskins, but there's some bad there. I really don't know what to make of it. I'm, I'm not saying he's a sell high because obviously there's a track record there, but this is, the whole thing is just kind of weird.
2: Yeah. I was, This is one of those things. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Yeah, go ahead. I was wondering. Uh, yeah, no.
0: <laughs> this
2: is hilarious. You go, Chris. Go ahead. No, you, no, you please. Now I
0: really don't know if I'm I should not going to talk. Okay. I'm not going to talk. I'm wondering if this is ultimately a, a good thing for Reese Hoskins, if he can kind of blend what he's done thus far with his past experience of having really, really good plate discipline. And he is hitting the ball harder than ever before. I know you, you highlighted that Scott. So uh, his swing rate and his chase rate are both currently career highs. So I think he's consciously trying to put the ball in play more than he ever has before. Uh, so I'm I'm kind of looking at this at like a glass half full. I, I would like to see more walks as well, but I'm just kind of wondering if if we can see, you know, this and his previous uh, self kind of blend together and then just become it, this awesome yeah, for, version. Yeah, of if that house. happens,
3: it's great. Sorry, Chris, yeah.
2: go ahead. For me, it's more just like when you're swinging the bat this well and you're producing like this, in this kind of sample size, I don't really care that much about like, oh, his plate does. he swing a little more on pitches outside of the stretch. Like, the results matter, and obviously, look the the way you get those results matter. But given his long track record of being, record of being an incredibly patient uh, hitter, I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt that there's not really anything to be concerned about there. And he's just like sometimes when you're locked in and you're hitting the ball as hard as he is, there there's not that much value in waiting. You know, if if pitchers are giving you stuff you can handle early on in the strike zone or early on in the count. You should probably hit them. Top 12 first baseman?
0: Yeah or nay? Reese Hoskins. I think I have him right there. You have him 11th? Okay. I have him 12th. Chris has him.
2: I'm moving him to 12th.
0: There you go. I'm moving him to 12th. You do have him one spot behind Josh Bell, and Josh
2: Bell has been dreadful, so I'm wondering... uh, Yeah, that's... Roto, I already had Josh Bell move down uh, points. I'm going to do that now. Okay, so Hoskins
0: moving on up ahead of Josh Bell. Oh my goodness gracious for me on Monday, Rich Hill. Where did this come from? Six innings pitched, two earned runs, 10 strikeouts, turning back the clocks, both him and Adam Wainwright. It was a crazy day. Um, 12 whiffs on 93 pitches. He threw 19% cutters on Monday. Entering the start, he was only throwing that pitch 6% of the time. So... Offering a third pitch that he hasn't really ever used all that much. He's, I mean, you can't really call it a fastball, but he throws a pitch about 89 miles per hour that they call a fastball. Uh, It's usually just that and a curve, but now he's throwing this cutter a little bit more. So I'm kind of interested. He's not a must add by any means, but I want to see where this goes from here. So I'm going to watch his next couple of starts and and see what happens. But Rich Hill,
2: 23% rostered. Anything you guys would like to add from the start? I remember, I, I remember a time when 89 was a fastball. All right. So, you know. It's <laughs> Jacob deGrom's changeup, buddy. Let's not be too
3: critical. Yeah, I was... He's 41 years old now, Rich Hill. I, I kind of thought we weren't going to see a start like this from him this year, frankly. I mean, his first four starts were... is pretty useless. Uh, and, and, you know, part of my thinking there was the Rays don't really handle any of their starters conventionally except maybe Glass now. Now. So I'm, I'm skeptical. I'm skeptical. But it's nice to see he can still throw this out there on occasion. I just I don't think it's going to be a regular thing.
0: The next two starts for Rich Hill at home against the Houston Astros, who have just been amazing offensively. They look like they're fully back. And his second start will be at the Angels. Again, the name there, Rich Hill. Pay attention to him. Honorable mention to the Miami Marlins. Shout out to the Marlins, man. They heard me yesterday. I said, the best matchup in baseball. And then what'd they do? They went out and they beat the Brewers 8-zip in a game that Corbin Burns started. So, shout out to the Marlins. Uh, Corbin Burns is still very good, but you know he obviously was not going to maintain a 171 BABIP or a 100% strand rate all season long. Uh, finishes with... Nine strikeouts to zero walks. Surprise, surprise. He allowed five runs. Four of them were earned over five innings pitched. Four, Corbin Burns still had 20 swinging strikes on 87 pitches. Now has 49 strikeouts to zero walks on the season.
2: Eight more strikeouts without a walk, and he'll uh, match the all-time record set by Kenley Jansen. Uh, I believe his next start comes against the Dodgers, if I'm not mistaken. Well, uh, That's quite the test. I mean, yeah, it's going to be tough. You know, bat Max Muncie leadoff. I saw someone suggest just so he can't get the record because Max Muncie can't stop walking right now. Yeah, I think he had five walks on Sunday Max Muncy did, which I think, yeah, I think he's had like six in a row or something like that, maybe more.
0: Just hilarious. Um, Corbin Burns, I, I was just wondering this. Should he just be the SP4 like across the board or has he not earned that right yet? Outside of the top three,
3: obviously. Well, I mean, those are rest-of-season rankings, and yeah. there will come a point where they have to pull back on his innings. I think he'll be so dominant in the meantime that that's not really anything to stress over, but I would still put, like, the, the major innings guys who we have no performance concerns about, like Aaron Nola and uh, uh, Max Scherzer. I, don't, I know his velocity's been down, but he's been awesome, so I don't really have any concerns about him. I'd, I'd still put those guys ahead of Burns for rest-of-season. Yep. Yeah,
0: and that's how I have it right now. I have Darvish ahead of him as well, Trevor Bauer, Lucas Giolito. Okay, we could talk about that one a little bit more. Uh, and then Tyler Glass now. So, Corbin Burns, can I move him ahead of Glasnow and Giolito? Probably, but... Um,
2: <sighs> I mean, it's not like Glasnow hasn't been... Yeah, he's been amazing too. ...nearly as good.
0: <laughs> yeah, so not much of a difference there. How did the Marlins score all those runs? Jesus Arepa. Aguilar had two more hits... He has a 12% strikeout rate on the season, so he's just making a lot of contact. 54% rostered. We spoke about him on yesterday's podcast. Corey Dickerson, I'm not really sure why, when he kind of went through this transition of just becoming like a boring, slap-hitting <laughs> outfielder, but that's what he is now. But it works for him. He he went three for five. He hit his first home run of the season. He's batting 324 with a 285 expected B.A., so it's pretty good across the board. 41% rostered. If you need batting average, sure, doesn't need to be rostered in a three outfielder league. As you know by now, it's NFL Draft Week, and if you want insight on who your team will be picking, look no further than the Pick 6 podcast, your audio outlet for all things NFL Draft. The Pick 6 crew has you covered with player rankings, mock drafts, and plenty of gambling props to keep you invested, even if your team isn't picking in the top five. Like mine. Go Jets. Get ready for the draft by following the Pick Six podcast anywhere you find this one. Some news and notes from Monday. Twins manager Rocco Baldelli said, Chris, close your ears if that's possible. Byron Buxton was held out of the lineup Monday due to a sore knee, which is stemming from lingering patellar tendonitis.
2: So, like this, he's been battling through it all season. Uh Obviously, it's been a real issue for him. I think you really need to be concerned about the effects of this injury. Like, I don't know if Baron Buxton can't stay healthy because he has a knee injury. Oh well, like that—that that happens. His biggest issue in the past has been running into stuff. So, like, if he gets a knee injury, oh well, that—that that happens. I, I like if you want to sell him because of it, go for it. I'm not giving you crap. I'm just—I was just reading a.
0: a- A note from the day.
2: I am just saying, you know, it's
0: ninety-six percent sprint speed. I mean, yeah, I would say it probably has not affected Byron Buxton, um, but it's obviously something to note. There was a report earlier in the day that the Brewers had optimism Christian Yelich will be able to return to game action before the week is over, and then there was a later report that he has done zero baseball activities yet. So. Who knows? <laughs> Max Freed on the I.L. with a hamstring strain through live batting practice on Monday and could be back as soon as next week. Salvador Perez was removed in the sixth inning Monday against the Tigers after jamming his thumb earlier in the game. Mike Trout, Jose Altuve, Anthony Rendon, and Gavin Lux were all back in their respective lineups on Monday. Jake Derizi was placed on the 10-day I.L. with a right pronator muscle strain. David Price was placed on the 10-day I.L. with a hamstring strain. Nick... Mark Gavish's was placed on the IL with left shoulder inflammation. And before I start ranting and raving about Logan Gilbert, the team has already said that LJ Newsome will likely join the rotation. Leote Tavares was optioned to the Rangers alternate training site. Odubel Herrera was recalled by the Phillies and he started in left field on Monday. Starling Marte is still feeling discomfort in his fractured rib and remains without a timetable to return to activity. The Twins reinstated Andorton Simmons from the COVID IL. The A's reinstated Mike Fiers from the 10-day IL. He'll work out of the bullpen initially. Gotta love the A's bullpen. Jake Diekman used in the eighth. Lutrino used in the ninth. So, hilarious. Yadier Molina was back in the lineup Monday. He was batting fifth. Mike Yastrzemski was out of the lineup on Monday with that oblique injury. Would you rather? Let's start off with Chris Bryant or Michael Conforto. Chris Bryant hit a grand slam off of Charlie Morton on Monday. It was his sixth home run of the season. Hard contact is up across the board, and he is currently the 10th best outfielder in fantasy baseball. Michael Conforto is batting .214 with a three thirty nine slugging percentage. Chris, we'll start with you. Chris Bryant or Michael Conforto? Who would you rather have?
2: I think Michael Conforto will be fine, but I moved Chris Bryant up to my number 12 outfielder in points. And, uh... Looks like he's probably going to be 14 in Roto. I think that's where he's going to be. So adding it. him to my outfield rankings because I realized I hadn't made that move yet. Sorry.
0: Scott, what do you think? Chris Bryant or Michael Conforto? Who would you rather have? I would,
3: I would rather... I, I, I agree better days are ahead of for Conforto, but you'll remember I was skeptical about him repeating as like a, 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 a big asset in the batting average category this year. So I'll take Bryant. Yeah, I had reservations about Bryant coming into the season as well. Um, To the point, I really wasn't going to let myself draft him. But the bad scenario that I envisioned for Bryant did not have him with six home runs before the end of April. It had him struggling to hit six home runs all season. So uh, the fact that he's already here leads me to believe he's fine.
0: Yeah, I moved Chris Bryant up to outfielder 19, not not as high as uh, Chris, but admittedly, Chris was higher on Bryant coming into the year. Uh, Look, my biggest concern for him was, can he stay healthy? And if he can, which right now he looks perfectly fine, and playing for a contract, when he's at his best, his best is probably better than Michael Conforto's best, though Michael Conforto was really damn good last year. I'm not sure he gets back to that level. But I do also think better days are ahead. So Michael Conforto I have just behind him at outfielder 21. I have Chris Bryant at outfielder 19. So I would take Chris Bryant there. Zach Plesac or Dustin May? Who would you rather have? Zach Plesac made another start on Monday against the Minnesota Twins. This one, I think a little bit better. Seven and two thirds, five hits, three runs, one walk, four strikeouts, 11 swinging strikes on 93 pitches. Scott, was this an encouraging enough start for Zach Plisak to keep him ranked ahead of Dustin May for you?
3: Yeah, I, I think so. I, I mean, pitch for pitch, inning for inning, I'll take Dustin May, but I, I don't think the innings are going to be particularly close. Zach Plisak reminded us just how efficient he is in this start, going nearly eight innings on 93 pitches. He He had a seven-inning start already. He was... The pitcher who most consistently went seven plus innings last year and um, that's just such a big advantage like I'm not I, I don't think he's totally out of the woods the strikeouts haven't been there I, I like that the pitch selection you know he's gotten back to really emphasizing his off speed stuff the past couple starts when he was leaning pretty heavily on the fastball early on so I take that as an encouraging sign but I would like to see more whiffs I would like to see okay. more strikeouts before I'm totally confident in police act again Chris, you
0: probably don't need me to tell you this, but Dustin May has been ridiculous. 2.53 ERA after that start on Sunday night with a 1.67 XFIP, a 2.67 expected ERA, according to StatCast, 13.5K per nine, 57% ground ball rate. The numbers are just ridiculous. So would you rather Plesak or May?
2: I think I moved May above Plesak after their first starts. Maybe their second starts. Yeah, I, I get the the innings concerns are hundred percent there. And you know, please very well may throw forty more innings than Dustin May, but I, I think I'd rather take my chances with May and someone on waivers than Pleasak. I think I'm leaning that way too. I just this was a better start
0: for Pleasak, and not that the twins lineup has been great this year, uh, but he's still missing no his Bayern spots. Boxing. Yeah, that that definitely affected the lineup, but um, he's still missing his spots within the zone. I highlighted uh, the home run that he gave up to Brent Rooker on Monday. Zach Pleissack did. It's you know the the catcher wants the ball down, and and he just misses middle middle, and and that's been at least what I've watched a big issue for Zach Pleissack so far this year. So he is throwing his off speed stuff more, and I, I like what I've seen uh, in terms of that. But I will take Dustin he, May over Zach Pleissack.
3: I I I saw that tweet of yours, and it was a good observation from you. Mm-hmm. Um. I take that as an encouraging sign, though. But if if he's missing his spots, Poliak, as opposed to his stuff just not playing, like I'd, I'd rather I'd rather be a case of him missing his spots because that's correctable. You can't really get better stuff. At least that's not a, a normal thing to do. I just think it's a bit of both.
2: Like I, I think he's the kind of pitcher who just doesn't have the kind of the, the stuff where he can afford to be a little bit off. You know, I, I just I feel like his margin for error. Is going to be really, really slim. He just gets hit really hard.
0: That's because he lives in the zone. He kind of has this Shane Bieber thing going on. And a couple of years ago, when Bieber first came up, I mean, the underlying numbers were really good, but he would get hit really hard because he would just live in the zone. And that kind of has that going on with him right now, which is kind of ironic because they're on the same pitching staff, obviously. But yeah. he can, I think, he can kind of learn a little bit from what Bieber went through and, you know, just. Throw some waste pitches, man. Like, even if you're less efficient, I, I think it's something that can actually help Zach Plisak. So, if he starts doing that, I think that he can maybe not get back to the level he was last year, but get back on track. And, and this was a step in the right direction. But I would still take Dustin May the way that he's pitching. He's just been absolutely ridiculous. Speaking of ridiculous pitchers, Trevor Rogers spoke about Corbin Burns, and he was outdueled by the Marlins man, Trevor Rogers. Six shutout, seven strikeouts to zero walks, 13 swinging strikes on 85 pitches, now has a 1.29 ERA and a 1.00 whip on the season. Would you guys rather have Trevor Rogers or Kyle Hendricks? We'll start with you, Chris.
2: I still have Hendricks higher. I haven't really moved him down. I have Rogers at 36. And, you know, like we talked about yesterday with May and, and a couple other guys, it's hard for me to, like, find reasons to move guys in that range. Um, like I don't I don't know if I'd re- want to move Rodgers over Bundy or Lazardo or Arias or Sonny Gray. Those are the guys right ahead of him. Even though I do think he's awesome. I think he's really, really good. Um, and he's certainly one of the biggest movers so far at the starting pitcher position. But I think I would still rather have Hendricks.
0: It's kind of similar to the last one where I think on a per inning basis, Trevor Rogers undoubtedly, I feel confident saying undoubtedly will be better than Kyle Hendricks. Maybe that's, you know, it's too small of a sample size, but I just really like what I've seen from Trevor Rogers. The problem is, what are we looking at realistically? 140, 150 yeah. innings for Trevor Rogers, And Kyle Hendricks, I mean, he's one of the safer bets to get to at least 180, more, maybe even more than that. So it's kind of a per inning versus volume kind of discussion. So Scott, where are you at? Who would you rather have, Trevor Rogers or Kyle Hendricks?
3: Yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of what I was saying about Plesak and uh, and May. I I don't I I have I have hope in Rogers getting a more typical workload than May will get, but I also have fewer concerns about Hendricks just because he's had a couple of rough starts here in the early going. I mean, I have a really good idea who Hendricks is, and I haven't felt compelled to move him down based on what I've seen so far. So, yeah, I kind of agree with Chris there.
0: Yeah, Kyle Hendricks. He's been roughed up a little bit here. He's got a five point six eight ERA, three point eight walks per nine for Hendricks. That number has never been higher than two point six, and it's typically—I mean, the past three years, I think it's been below two walks yeah. per nine. So he, he's going to be fine. The control is, I imagine, would is going to get much better for Kyle Hendricks. Just man, Trevor Rogers is—he's um, awesome. So
2: he's I, electric. I, this is I mean, one that's that that's the I, only word to use for him. Just, I was like
0: going through my rankings, and that's how how I came up with this one, because I'm like, I want to move Trevor Rodgers up, but then I'm kind of wrestling with, okay, volume versus just a better pitcher on a per inning basis, and that's kind of how we run into that, but I'm going to leave Kyle Hendricks ranked ahead of him for now as well. Uh, The last one I wanted to mention, Jazz Chisholm or Keston Hiura? Who would you rather have? And Chisholm went two for four with a double, two steals. All of that damage came against one of the best pitchers in baseball in Corbin Burns. And on the season, he now has four homers and six steals. Kesson Hira, on the other hand, went one for four with three more strikeouts on Monday. He's betting 152. He has a 39% strikeout rate. Scott, who would you rather have, Jazz Chisholm or Kesson Hira?
3: I think it's time to take Chisholm. Chisholm is doing what we hoped Hira would do. And we the little bit of time we saw Hira do it, for you know that stretch to end twenty nineteen, it, it wasn't long enough for him to get the benefit of the doubt. This this many months later, so yeah. uh, I I think I think maybe maybe a ceilings a little higher, but it, it's been
2: so long since he's even shown us a glimpse at it that I I, I got to take Chisholm at this point. I'm really struggling with second base. I mean, I'm looking at it and I've got here a seventh, which feels way too high. And then I look at the guys behind him and like Brandon Lowe hasn't been good. Kevin Biggio has been a disaster. Mike Moustakis is solid, but you know, Jeff McNeil, he kind of is what he is. Marcus Simeon, Nick Matt, like I, Ty France, you got Ty France way down there, man. I am 16th um, in Roto. I may not have moved him up yet in points enough. Um, yeah. I, like I guess I could be talked into moving Chisholm just to seventh. (laughs) Uh, It's not crazy. He's got a little bit of the Kevin Biggio probably needs to be more aggressive approach because he actually, like his contact rate isn't that bad. Um, You know, in in zone it's 78%. On chase pitches it's 50%. He's just only swinging at 56% of pitches in the strike zone, Jazz Chisholm. Uh, he does not have Keston here as issues making contact. Um, but he does, you know, so far at least, he's showing really, really solid, I mean, really, really strong skills on batted balls. He's got a max exavilo of 111.7 miles per hour, average of 91.2, 22.5% barrel rate. I almost think like he could cut the strikeout rate down. It might come at the expense of some walks. It might be a little bit like Yon Mancada, where he might be better off walking a little less. Um, but I do think there's a lot of batting regression to come. I think he's probably more like a 240, 250 hitter. <sighs> I really don't know what to do with second
3: base. I hate it. Yeah. yeah, that seven to fifteen range at second base is is tough. I agree. Yeah. Everybody agree. after Max Muncie is just I don't I hate all of you. I, I, I feel know, like Kira right has to be toward the bottom of it and Chisholm has to be toward the top. And yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe those names will shuffle a lot over the course of the next yeah. two months, but it's where it is right now.
0: Shout out to Marcus Semien, who I know has a low batting average, but he's hit for a lot of power and he's stolen a few bases so far this year. Tommy Edmond has been very serviceable. He's basically doing exactly what we wanted him to. He's hitting for a good batting average. He's stealing a few bases here and there as well. Solak has been decent, uh, but yeah, I mean, outside of the, what is it? really top five, and we're waiting for Catello Marte to come back, and then that would be the sixth, but um, it, it has not been a great position. We are going with the Jazz Man. How about this?
2: Oh. <laughs> now back <laughs> like for the Miami Marlins. That's right. Jazz. Jazz. Chism. Chism.
0: Uh, I lied. The last question I, uh, I want to ask you guys, would you rather, Scott, Eat an arugula salad every day for a week or leave Dylan Moore in your lineup for a whole month. Oh,
3: definitely Dylan Moore in my lineup for a whole month. I don't have a lot of faith in Moore anymore, but at least he could probably give me some steals and a whole week of arugula, gosh. Oh, gosh. That's, I, I would take worse fates than having to start Dylan Moore. To avoid that.
0: I was trying to think of something really bad fantasy-related. Uh, i probably going to come up with something worse, like have Austin Gomber in your lineup for a whole month, but <laughs> Dylan Moore. Yeah. Is, yeah. Dylan Moore is batting <laughs> 113, man. You could drop him in all points leagues. I think in deeper category leagues, I have him in a 15-team roto. I've held on to him, but man, it's been
3: rough. Yeah. I, I have him in Tout Wars, which is 15-team roto, and I I benched him. I benched him for... um. Ah, I can't remember the moves I make anymore. I'm getting old, I had this problem all day yesterday. Then for some middle infielder I just picked up who's pretty good.
0: Is it Freddie Galvez? Any. No. Is it no. Is it Jose Ronald Iglesias?:
3: <laughs> No, who was it?
0: Is Dang it my. Nico Horner?: Yes. Yes. I benched him uh, yeah. for Horner. Thank you, so Frank. you, Frank. Yeah, Nico Horner. He was leading off for the Cubs on Monday. He went two for five with a double. Uh, Javier Baez is dealing with some hamstring tightness. So uh, they stuck Horner at shortstop, and they let him lead off. So showing some confidence in the youngster there. Wheels up. Wanted to mention Zach Wheeler versus Adam Wainwright. What a game this was. I mean, if you love pitching duels, it was, it was great. I was watching a lot of the start, and Wheeler... At the Cardinals, eight innings pitch, one run, nine strikeouts, 20 swinging strikes on 114 pitches. We spoke about this before the season. It, it seemed ludicrous that we are now considering Zach Wheeler a workhorse, but that's exactly what he is. I mean, a guy consistently throws over 100 pitches, and I would say he's probably one of the safer bets every time he goes out to give you at least a six innings pitch. So uh, Wheeler now has had two phenomenal starts, two blah starts, And one okay start. Adam Wainwright, though, on the other hand, the guy threw a complete game. It's like, between him and Rich Hill, what is happening? Uh, A complete game, nine innings, he gave up two runs, eight strikeouts to zero walks, only 12 swinging strikes on 107 pitches. But uh, over his last two, Adam Wainwright, 16 innings, three runs, 18 strikeouts. The problem is, I don't really think there's anything actionable. He's 83% rostered on CBS, so...
3: In CBS, I have to imagine it's much lower yeah. on other sites that don't have as many points leagues. Because, you know, just, just the fact that Way- Wainwright accumulated so many innings last year, he probably got a pretty good projection and for the points leagues especially. Do you think he's a must-add, um, Scott, on other sites? I wouldn't go as far as must-add, but like he, he did have a 10-start stretch. I mean, obviously, all of last year, it was only 10 starts where he uh, was, was fantasy relevant again. He's done kind of that old old guy trick of fading his fastball for more breaking balls. And, um,
2: you know, I, I think I'll be a streamer type all year. He's I will point out he did have like a 65%. 60% hard contact rate probably. 13 on... Sorry. Yeah. He'll have 13, 13 hard hit balls on 23 uh, batted balls today. So... Probably a little bit of luck there. Not great, Bob. Uh, 57%.
0: He's only, Adam Wainwright's only 31% roster on in Yahoo. So if you are looking for an innings eater, I think Wainwright's probably your guy. I kind of want to buy high on, I don't even know if it's buy high because he's, I mean, he's just kind of been middling, but I want to buy Sean Manaya. I really like what I've seen from him all season long. He was at the Rays on Monday, five innings pitched, one run, six strikeouts, 15 swinging strikes, on 100 pitches. His ERA is down to 2.83, and entering the start, he had a 3.36 expected ERA and a 3.78 X fit. Should you be trying to buy Sean Manaya Because I can't imagine he's going to
3: cost that much. And I think he's good. Yeah, he's he's good. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's somebody you're just going to put in your lineup and leave him there all year, so... I I don't know. I guess it depends how much. If you're you're somebody who's out there scrounging for Austin Gomber because your pitching's in that bad of a state, then yeah, sure, Sean Manai is somebody who maybe could do you some good. His velocity's up this year over a mile per hour. Um, He learned to navigate with less the past two years, and it was rocky at times, but overall it was decent. Uh, So, you know, I I expect
2: him to be better than decent this year. You know, it's weird. He's completely ditched his slider. I don't know, that seems to have happened at some point last year, but in 2019 when he, you know, had that little run at the end of the season, you know, the slider was a big part of it. Now he's not throwing it at all. It's it's interesting.
0: So he's he's just sinker, changeup, curveball now. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Last year he didn't throw the slider very much and yeah, this year with the velocity up, it's I mean, this pitch mix is working for him. You I, it's only been five starts, I get it, but you look at his Fangraphs page, his, his baseball savant, and everything looks like it's the best it's ever been. So if someone in your league has him and they're not really valuing him the way that I am, I'm, I'm going to move him up inside my top 60 starting pitchers at least. will probably push towards the top 50, but I really like what I've seen. Speaking of trades, I made a trade in the Scott White Dynasty League. I wanted to announce it to the people, and if you guys hate it, feel free to rip me for it because why not? Uh, I traded Julio Arias, who is a $31 player in this league and next year he would be worth $36 for Nate Pearson who is a $5 player right now and next year he'll be worth $10 so
3: what do you guys think of my trade well you're not a contender so that oh no that needs to be <laughs> stated uh I think it's fine I I think I, it's hard to know the. It's hard to know the economy of a league unless you're in it. So I don't know how much it means to the audience. I guess, but um, I've certainly seen people sell off non-contenders, sell off useful pitchers who are going to be hard to keep for less than you sold off Nate Pearson. So um, maybe you could have done better, but you could have certainly done worse. You just really, with the way Pearson's salary is already escalating, you just you just need him to start performing right away to take advantage of those discount years.
0: That's a nice way of Scott saying that he would not have made this deal basically no,
3: that's not what I said at all <laughs> I, I said it you could have maybe done better. No, I, but know, you could I know I certainly done a lot worse.
0: I texted you earlier today and and when I got that response, I was like, that means he hates it. <laughs> let's be honest you're ask,
3: if you're asking me to grade the trade, I give it a B minus. That's okay. You know, the, you, you won the trade. Well, I, I was I was, him,
0: I was offering him I was offering him around a little bit. I was trying to get a minor league player and, and someone that I could stash for now. But nobody wants to pay up. I guess I could have been more patient. But here's to hoping Nate Pearson becomes something good. Uh, I do want to promote one more thing. Got to tell you about the all new Stitcher podcast app. It's been rebuilt from the ground up to make it easier to listen to podcasts on the go or on the revamped web player. Stitcher is your home for all your favorite podcasts from classics like My Favorite Murder, This American Life, and How Did This Get Made, plus all the CBS shows such as Pick Six, Fantasy Football Today, and of course Fantasy Baseball Today and FBT in Five. In Stitcher you have more control like setting your download preferences per show and the ability to listen at virtually any speed. With Stitcher you can listen to your podcast anytime, anywhere. So give the all new Stitcher a try, download it in the App Store, or at stitcherapp.com/download. We're gonna take a quick break, but when we return, give you a little bit of an update here on the West Coast. Chris made a call about Anthony Desclafani. Let's see if he was right. Warned by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. As somebody who's been through this, I can tell you these features are so, so incredibly valuable. Also, Homes.com collaboration tools makes it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. Welcome back to Fantasy Baseball Today, and holy moly. Oh my goodness gracious! Anthony DiScafani, a complete game shutout. Three hits, one walk, nine strikeouts.
2: He's good. He's good. Or maybe the rock. Yeah. Like I was really just bad. thinking, I, I, <laughs> I'd rather have him than Mania.
0: they're probably in that same range. Yeah. I have them I'd both sense. around
2: 70 overall.
0: Yeah. And I, th- I think that they could probably push up a little bit more than that, but he's has been really good. What do you think, Scott?
2: Uh,
3: yeah, he, he had 15 whiffs in this start, which is a departure from the way the first few starts had gone. Um, Mostly, I just have faith in the Giants with these kind of reclamation projects. They hit big on Gosman and Smiley last year. They seem to be doing well with Sanchez and potentially would, but also Desclafani. Descalfani looks like the clearest. So, so I just kind of have faith in the pitchers they choose to pursue. Uh, over the years, Desclafani's gotten some hype off and on, even dating back to his days with the Marlins, that... I never really understood, um, but obviously he's performing well now. I, I I don't think I'd go as far as to take him over
2: Sean Mania, but he looks pretty good. He was good in twenty nineteen. I mean three eighty nine ERA over one hundred sixty six and two thirds innings, 167 strikeouts. Uh, you know the peripherals weren't quite as good, but still, you know low fours. And he's pitching a much better ballpark. You know, that he, that's a big was, part of He was the Sean
3: Minaya way in 2019.
2: Right, right, right. But yeah, I guess Manaya hasn't thrown that many innings in a while, right? I think the ballpark is, is the biggest key here, Chris, because you
0: know, I've highlighted it before. He had a, a, a near a right near five in his career in pitching in Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, and, and he's been much better outside of there. And I think we're kind of seeing that come to fruition now. So we've talked about a few different pitchers recently as waiver wire ads, and let's just kind of compare Discofani versus those guys because he's 64% rostered. He might be out there in some leagues. Who would you guys rather have, Discofani or Davey Garcia, who made his debut on Monday?
2: Oh, Discofani. Garcia, I believe, was optioned back down already. And
0: boom goes the dynamite. Would you rather have Discofani or Brady Singer? Discofani.
3: Yeah, after today, I'd say Desclafani.
0: How about him versus Madison
2: Bumgarner? Desclafani.
0: Yeah. How
2: about John Gray? Desclafani. Andrew Heaney? I think I'd rather have Heaney. I agree. Yeah, that's right. I will will point out, this start was probably as much about the Rockies as anything else. It's the first game after a long uh, homestand for them on the road, which... You know, the course hangover effect is real, it's you know pretty well documented at this point. Um, and you know, that's just a really bad team. I, I think entering today, before they got three hit by Anthony Discofani they had the lowest weighted runs created plus of any team in baseball. Um, oh no, they're 28th now. Look at them shooting up the ranks. They're probably going to be 30th after this game. <laughs>
0: And yeah, Discofani. Uh, last one I wanted to mention versus Michael
2: Kopek. Discofani.
3: Yeah. I think i I think I'd, i think I'd, you know it kind of gets back to the same situation. Are you having to start him right now? Because I yeah. don't know if Kopec yeah. somebody you're gonna be able to start for several weeks, but I, I think I'd rather have Kopech if if I could pull it off.
0: The rest of Monday's action, Carlos Santana hit his fifth home run of the season. He how ha- he now has three in his last six games. And just like that, he has an 8.42 OPS. So Carlos Santana going to be just fine. Spencer Turnbull had a squal- a quality start versus the Royals. Six innings pitched, three runs, five strikeouts to zero walks. He is 25% rostered. Any interest in Turnbull?
3: Man, I don't. He seems <laughs> the results <laughs> have been so good these first two starts, but I just I don't believe yeah. it. who,
0: who yeah. would you rather have? Both him and Rich Hill are, are rostered in less than 30%. Who would you rather have? Let's say you're in a deeper league.
3: Turnbull uh probably Hill just cuz like if if Turnbull regresses to the mean for him like that's an ERA and whip I just don't want in my lineup, you know. It's just going to bring everything down, I feel like.
0: Brad Keller on the other side of Turnbull in this one six innings of two-run ball. He had 14 swinging strikes on 103 pitches. He's 38% rostered his next two starts at the Twins and versus the White Sox. You know what's going to happen next for Brad Keller. Nate Lowe hit a three-run bomb off of Shohei Otani. He now has six home runs and 21 RBI on the season. Last week, I said I would have sold high on Nate Lowe to acquire Dominic Smith. Would you guys do the same? Yeah. 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 What do you think about Nate Lowe? I mean, he's kind of just holding steady. got a 12% walk rate, 29% strikeout. That's That's high, obviously, but... The stat cast numbers not, still look pretty good for him.
3: Not as high as it was a week ago. And, and yeah, he's basically right in line with his expected batting average and expected slug. So that's kind of what I'm viewing him as. Power first guy, maybe like a... I don't think he has quite the power of like a Matt Olson, but like a poor man's version of that where basically the home runs are what you're getting from him and, and not much else.
0: Where's Harvey Dent? The Dark Knight was back and the Yankees stink. <laughs> Matt Harvey, that your Batman. Yeah, that was it. Was not good. If if either of you would rather, where's Harvey? Yeah, that's, that's get, a, Like
2: it's deep. Right a little bit now. better.
0: I didn't know how deep it was going to come out. I didn't really practice it beforehand, so I was just like, yeah. "All right, I'm gonna go for it, and whatever happens, happens." But yes, yours, mm-hmm. yours was much better. Matt Can Harvey, you hear
3: your voice. Is it deeper or is it lower or higher than you? It sounds in your head when you hear it.
0: I hate listening back to anything of my Everybody own. Everybody
3: does. Yeah, there isn't a single person who's like, I. Th-
2: I think my voice is higher. I think it sounds higher than I higher than think it is. I think that's probably true for most people. I, I read. Yeah. I think I read a thing. I may not have. I may be making that up. But I think I read a thing about that. <laughs> well, I wonder if
3: if it, particularly men want their voice. Imagine their voice sounding lower. I, it's a,
2: mine actually sounds lower than I, it sounds in my head when it's, I listen back to it. it. It's like something about the way the sound waves travel. You know, Again, mm. I think I read that. I may okay. be making it up. Well, what about Matt Harvey? He was going
0: up against the Yankees, who stink, by the way. Uh, six innings of one-run ball, five strikeouts to three walks, 11 swinging strikes on 84 pitches for Matt Harvey. I was actually surprised when I looked into him Coming into the start, three point nine four xFit, three point eight one expected ERA, with a fifty-one percent ground ball rate. I don't think Matt Harvey is good, but those numbers are kind of respectable. He's four percent rostered. Anything to see here?
3: No. No, he's been <laughs> yeah. worse with higher velocity than this. So, I'm...
2: yeah, Sorry. like I below the <laughs> below the. Uh, I can't remember who was Spencer Turnbull. I'd rather have Spencer Turnbull. I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. I'd I'd even rather have Brad Keller. Ugh. That Brad. Keller. Where's kid. Rachel?
2: <laughs> oh my
0: gosh. Uh, Davey Garcia was optioned after the game, so I guess that was fun. You can drop him, or if you're in a deeper league, you can continue to stash him. Jordan Luplow. Is there anything to see here with him? He had a walk-off home run on on Monday. He it was the sixth home run of the season. He has started six of the last seven games for Cleveland. He's typically been. A platoon bat that plays only against lefties, but he's been playing against some more righties recently. Jordan Luplow, he is fifteen percent rostered on CBS. You, you swear, swear to me!
1: Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh,
0: I'm just I'm ready for the emails that are going to come in tomorrow. It's it's fine. <laughs> is that is that a? I don't want to pick up Jordan Luplow. Is that what that was? You're
2: oh, insane. I wasn't <laughs>
0: I don't even know where to go from here. Uh, Alex Kirilov, Uh, he only went one for four with a double, but he had three hard-hit balls, according to StatCast, so hopefully a sign of better days to come. Randy Orozarena, we have not talked about at all this year, so if anyone has any type of takes on Orozarena, feel free to say them now. He went three for four on Monday uh, with his
3: second stolen base of the season. Striking out too much. Launch angles way down. Yeah, Uh, I'm not counting on him for a stud outcome it it certainly helps that he's a base dealer. Uh, so I, I, think, I think in Roto Leagues, he's going to be somebody you just keep starting. But I don't think he's going to live up to his draft position. And uh, I know there were some people coming into the year who thought he was going to outperform it. So uh,
2: if he continued what he did last year, he would outperform it. But yeah, I, I, still, I don't see that happening. He's still crushing the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just like Scott said, the launch angle is two degrees right now, which is 65% very ground ball rate. Yeah. That is which you a- can look at it one way. You can say you've banked a bunch of production that yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, when he figures out the launch angle, if you want to believe that he will, then yeah. he should be even better. But you could also look at it and say that his production to date has been wholly unsustainable and he may not figure it out. So I haven't really thought about moving him up or down in my rankings at all. Um, he may be a spot or two lower because I think I might have moved like Trent Grisham and Byron Buxton ahead of him. Uh, but I don't think he's like dropped at all. Corey Seager just went deep off of uh, Amir Garrett. How do you feel? Wow. Oh, I feel. Do you like it. who's who's who do you like more
3: in the seventh? I, inning. I, I'm i'm I'm. Yeah, rooting, I, I hope uh, at this point I'm more invested in Sims and Doolittle than uh, Garrett, Sims pitched in so. the sixth.
0: Who was yeah, going to close out this
2: game for the Reds? Well, nobody now. but I
3: <laughs> well, assuming they take the lead in the top of the eighth, top of the ninth, maybe maybe Doolittle. I mean, who else would it be?
0: But they had the lead, so they were kind of pitching like they were trying to hold mm-hmm. on to the lead and they had a plan for who they were going to use in the ninth inning. And it and, clearly was not Lucas Sims or Amir
2: Garrett. Because I mean, Lucas Sims had four strikeouts in one and two thirds innings, which is awesome. He was very uh, good. He must have come in to face like Luke Rayleigh. Is that his name? Yeah, Luke Rayleigh. Uh, because the way, yeah, he got pulled after five batters. That's when that he sounds out, like. Mo- Mookie
3: Bats. That sounds like just a last name, Luke Rayleigh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> like a, hy- so, yeah. a hyphenated one. Yeah, Lucas Sims, yeah, he came in against Gavin Lux, faced the bottom of the order. Uh, So, yeah, that not exactly like a we need him to come in and stop this. So I'm not sure uh, what's going on with Cincinnati there.
3: Oh, some people in the comments are suggesting Anton. (gasps) TJ Anton. It would be.
2: It would have been probably him or Doolittle, I would imagine, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, Doolittle's gotten uh, roughed up a couple times lately. Man. It seems like they've they've kind of wanted TJ
3: Anton quasi stretched out so he could you know be ready yeah. to jump into the rotation at any moment. Mm-hmm. So it would be it would definitely be a reversal to put him in the closer role, but he'd probably be a good closer. So we'll see.
0: Man, that would have um, that would have been awesome. The call to the pen. Let's talk about whatever else happened on Monday regarding some bullpen situations. The Royals: Scott Barlow was used in the seventh. Greg Holland in the eighth. Josh Stallmont in the ninth. Stallmont has the last two saves for the Royals. He is 19% rostered. Would you drop Holland for Stalmont?
2: Yeah. Yeah, he's got the last two saves. And remember last night, he was warming when Wade Davis gave up a walk with a 4 run lead. So he would have come in for a save situation had that been the case. I do think
3: he's their most talented reliever. So the cream has risen to the top here.
0: Oh, one of my favorite Macho Man Randy Savage promos of all time. The cream always rises to the top. Go look it up. If you haven't seen it, for the Twins, Taylor Rogers he pitched in the ninth inning in a tie game. Alex Colomay pitched in the tenth in a tie game, and then it wasn't tied anymore. Colomay gave up a two-run walk-off home run, and he is now one in three. He has a 6.75 ERA, and he does not have a save since April 7th. So can we drop Alex Colomay?
3: For Rogers, I would do that if yeah. if 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 I had to at this point. And I'm, I'm actually working on my latest bullpen report, a weekly column that I write, and uh, I show the pecking order for for the for the closer situations most in flux. And I'm moving Rogers ahead of column A in the pecking order based on tonight. I mean, you could argue they used Rogers more like the closer tonight, having him pitch the ninth inning of a tie game, and he had the most recent save and column A... Keeps falling apart. I mean, maybe yeah. it's a situation where they'll keep going back and forth, but Kalame has to get right before I think they turn to him in another safe situation.
2: And Rogers has been really good. When mm. you know Hansel Robles, who would be I think the other uh, possible contender, has been pretty bad this season. Uh, you know, Rogers has a long track record of being a very good reliever, um, and they've trusted him in that role before. You know, he wasn't great last season, but it was like 15 innings, so. I think Taylor Rogers is a better pitcher than Alex Coleman.
0: Yeah. For the Oakland A's, I mentioned it earlier, but Jake Diekman was used in the eighth to face the nine one and two and then a few more batters after that. And then Lou Trevino was used in the ninth and he picked up his third save over the weekend. Diekman picked up two saves for the Oakland A's and now it was Trevino on Monday. So I don't really think that there is any rhyme or reason to this. It's it's probably just a full-blown committee between just those two guys.
3: It helps that the Athletics never lose any games, so you're just <laughs> kind of happy with both Deakman sure. and Trevino right now, but at some right. point, that's going to change.
0: Hector Neris picked up his fourth save for Zach Wheeler's gem of a start. To stream or not could, to stream? Oh, wait. Could Go we ahead, give Chris? love
2: to one reliever sure. who I don't think we've mentioned at all this season who has been absolutely awesome? Let's do it. Cesar Valdez. Got his fifth save today. He has been... Exceptional, and also he's incredibly fun to watch. I don't know if you guys yeah, have watched him, but he, he just throws this ridiculous changeup that, like, I don't even know if it's a changeup, it doesn't really move like a changeup. It, it's hard to call it a changeup when it's all he throws, right? Like what yeah, you you're not up? changing, up. <laughs> uh, but he's been awesome, uh, really good whiff rates with all his pitches or while his oh my god. Changeup and fastball, which the fastball, I guess, is the changeup when he throws it, comes screaming in at eighty-six miles per hour. <laughs> um, yeah, so
3: I, I looked up a stat when I wrote about him on Waiver Wire a while back. Uh, let me see if I can find it. So it's it's not completely up to date because this was a little less than a week ago, but um, in thirty in his last 30, to, 30 and two thirds innings. Last season, spring training, and this season, 30 and two-thirds innings, Cesar Valdez has a 117 ERA, .78 whip, and 9.4 K per nine. So he's, he's getting the job done.
0: Shout out to the man, Cesar Valdez. To stream or not to stream, start with Tuesday. I will give you a few names. You give me your three favorite. Jake Junis at the Pirates. Tyler Anderson versus the Royals. Adrian Hauser versus the Marlins. Michael Waka versus the A's. Jose Quintana at the Rangers, and Aaron Sanchez versus the Rockies.
3: I guess I got to remember who I picked yesterday. I think I went Junis, then Tyler Anderson,
2: then Aaron Sanchez. Yeah, I think that's what I'm going with. I I think I had, uh, Hauser, had Hauser maybe yeah. instead of Sanchez, but yeah, I think the Rockies are worse than Miami on offense.
0: For Wednesday, Waskar Noah versus the Cubs, Ryan Weathers at the Diamondbacks, Mike Miner at the Pirates, Alex Wood versus the Rockies. Alex Cobb at the Rangers and Domingo Herman at the Orioles. Some decent options.
3: Yeah, those are... I I actually... Yeah, I like all three of the ones I'm going to pick here. Uh, I'm going to go... I think it's hard to pick my top choice. I'm going to go Herman at Baltimore followed by Inoa against the Cubs and Wood against the Rockies. And I, I genuinely like all three of them.
2: I, I mean, I, I like Alex Cobb, too, and I think Ryan Weathers and Mike Minor are both interesting. This actually isn't a bad group of streamers if you if yeah. you need one. I yeah. think yeah. there's there are things to like about all six of those pitchers. I was going to say,
0: Mike Minor at the Pirates is one of my favorites there, so they're all good. If they're available in your leagues, go out and get them for, in those daily formats. Some emails will wrap up here. Some Apple Podcast review questions as well. This one's from Wes in the OC. Dear Steve, Sam, and Bucky.
2: I didn't love Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I think it's the weakest Marvel like product in a long time. Like five yeah, years I kinda, maybe. I kind of I, I may
3: finish it out but I, I, I kind of gave up on it after a couple episodes. I
2: appreciate what it was going for. It was just a mess. I thought WandaVision was much better.
0: I haven't watched either yet but I do plan to at some point. 12-team Dynasty Roto with OBP in, instead of average and innings instead of wins. I trade a $4 Zach Gallon, $5 Luis Robert, $5 Casey Mize, and $4 Trey Mancini. I get $1 Joe Musgrove, $2 Trent Grisham, and $5 Jared Kelnick.
2: I don't see the point. Um...
0: I think Gallen and Robert for Musgrove and Trent Grisham is kind of a wash. So it it's basically would you rather have Casey Mize and Trey Mancini or Jared Kelmick?
3: Well, it's not yeah. kind of a wash. I mean, Gallen, we'd rank ahead of Musgrove. Robert, we'd rank ahead of Grisham. Like, yeah. I, I don't think in a 12 team Dynasty League, Mize or Mancini is that.
2: Yeah. I, I don't think they have a ton of value at all, right? yeah, I don't um, think five dollars, especially is a uh, super valuable. So actually, yeah, I, I think it's good. How would you grade it?
0: B. I don't know I,
3: it's it's pretty close to a C for me, which um,
0: is a fair deal?
3: yeah, yeah, i guess I guess it it really comes down to how confident you are in Kelnick delivering right away, which I'm pretty confident in that, yeah. but that's kind of what you're you're putting you're you're giving up a lot trusting in that.
0: I'll give it a C plus, a slight win on the Musgrove and Grisham side. This one's from Nikki B five. Ten team head to head points. Trade Julio, Arias, and Carlos Rodon for Trevor Bauer.
2: Yeah.
3: Yes. Yeah, I'd do that. Yeah, I I think that's in, in ten team leagues leagues that shallow, you gotta consolidate pretty much any time you can consolidate two great players into an elite one. It's it's worth doing
0: from the bomb squad 213 great to trade I send Fran Mil Reyes Jesus Lazardo, and Tyler Rogers from the Giants and receive Gary Sanchez Blake Snell and Ryan McMahon
2: mm, I think it's like a B but I, it's it's mostly for Snell I think <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: he is the best player in the deal
3: yeah and I so that's why th- I think, think you come out ahead I'll I'll say B I think that's I think that's right on
0: uh, yeah, B-minus I'll go with. This one's from Amy Moak, 92. Grade the trade. 12-team head-to-head points. I flipped Mark Melanson for Kenta Maeda. Names like Hector Neris, Jordan Romano, and Daniel Bard are always sitting on the waiver wire.
2: It he is- doesn't really want us to grade this trade. <laughs> this is He's bragging. Bragging. This is an A+. Like I think Melanson's awesome, but a points league, if you can turn a reliever into a you know, potential top 20 starting pitcher. that That's a no-brainer. Well, oh, for anyone else who's
0: listening, if you have a glut of relievers in a points league and you can turn them into anything, then go ahead and do it. Yeah. This one's from Jack. We'll wrap up with this. In a head-to-head points league, would you trade away John Means for Ozzie Albies? My staff includes Brandon Woodruff, Hyunjin Ryu, Charlie Morton, Tyler Malley, Trevor Rogers, Hugh Darvish, Clayton Kershaw, Sandy Alcatara, and Chris Paddock. <laughs>
2: Yeah, John Means is at best your ninth best pitcher. <laughs> this is an A plus.
3: You you mentioned before, Frank, that the top six second basemen had all been good so far. That the exception is Albies, who's been pretty terrible. But I don't I don't have any I concerns him. about him. Bouncing back, I think he's fine. Yeah, I it, it'd be one thing if Means was like your number four starter and uh it might be tough to rid yourself. It it might be tough to create that opening in your pitching staff, even though, you know, player for player it makes sense. But yeah, I think with this much pitching depth, it's an easy call.
2: Update: TJ Antone is pitching the eighth. Mm. So well, he might pitch the ninth. But it too. is, yeah, it's yeah against Max Muncie to lead off the inning. So you know, yeah,
0: I wonder if they if. Amir Garrett got through Corey Seager would they have just left him out for the eighth and then brought Antone in for the ninth or they could have used Antone in a two inning save if they wanted to in the eighth and the ninth oh well we'll never know for Scott and Chris I'm Frank thank you all for listening and watching fantasy baseball today we'll be back again tomorrow bye-bye
1: okay picture this